is it okay in 2021 to enjoy comedy? I'd so argue probably I have, no. I have <laughs> just, a lot of thoughts, and they're not going to be the same as your <laughs> thoughts uh, at all, Matt. Well, why do you have these thoughts, Stephen? Because we're doing a show called As You Know, <laughs> where we review the pilots and endings of shows that, for you. And this time we chose something a bit more topical because it just ended last month. Anyways, I'm Ian Benson. Uh, joining me, as always, <laughs> Travis Marmon. Hello. Stephen Doughton. Hi. And Sleepy Boy Mattiani. What's up? I woke up at 8 and run a 5K. I feel like a different person. I, uh, I was out at the... I was doing my Sunday canal litter pickup, and I met a very cute Spanish girl who had just dropped her phone into the canal. And, and I, had like... a net, I had a net on me because I dropped my phone into the canal. <laughs> I was going to say, you were like, Except, oh, like I just did Easter that. Miracle. Except she was... She was soaked because she also had fallen into the canal, um, which is different than my situation. Uh, And we never did get it out, but I did get her Instagram, so I'll let you know where that goes. Hey, I was going to say, what a meat cute. Speaking of meat cutes, we are covering Superstore today uh, because I picked it because the show just ended and I felt, you know, a topical one would be a good choice. Uh, And I'd heard uh, pretty good reviews from this show. Uh, and uh, some friends of the podcast, in fact, quite enjoyed this show. And so I put my trust in their hands. And I won't uh. say that I was completely betrayed by that, but I think some people on this podcast <laughs> feel that way. My stance on this, brought, like, just in, as a general, is like, when we talk about uh, this podcast to other people, they're like, that sounds like a terrible way to review a television show. And sometimes it's... I think it's great, uh, depending on the kind of show. I think sitcoms judging on the pilot is almost universally, like, a poor idea. <laughs> like, they usually yeah. do take a while to get going. Um, like, think about, like, like one of the more acclaimed sitcoms of the last decade is probably Parks and Rec, and also the universal take on Parks and Rec is don't even watch the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah, there are very few. We talked about this a lot last night. Like, I was trying to think of comedy pilots that I have liked. Um, and it's like only the most exemplary, like it's the like o- only the shows that I'm like, these are the ones that I like for sure think are good and like would rewatch, which is, I, th- I thought of two, which was Arrested which Development are? and Veep. Yep. I was going to say those two and, and Curb are and Curb, because Curb yep. has always been the same show forever. Yep. Uh, yeah. Almost uncannily the same show forever, like different wardrobe like different fashion choices and then the same exact show (laughs) yep this show was trying very very hard and i suppose that makes sense for a pilot i'd say the way that i knew right away that it was trying very hard was the you ready for some nerd shit uh the sound of the stock music and like the uh, supermarket or the superstore Foley that they did in the very beginning was brick walled to shit to the point where it was distorted specifically so it could be played on like iPhone speakers. Like it's something that you <laughs> learn to hear when you like know about music production and like that's how pop music sounds or, or especially like it's how mu- music made for like TikTok sounds. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, it fits the style, but a show doing that 
really, I was like, okay, I'm in for a completely different thing than what I have ever willingly engaged I, with. I am amazed by that because I would have never in a million years noticed any of that. Yeah, that's wilder than Steven's. Like, I can tell when Six Feet Under was made because the plinks in the deep is <laughs> like an even more esoteric version of that. I mean, that's very cool, and I, I appreciate that knowledge. But yeah, it's just one where I'm like, I, I immediately was like, oh, he lost me. I have no idea what any of that means. I don't even know what brick walled to shit means. I don't know what that means. Have you ever listened have, to like, Death Magnetic by Metallica? <laughs> He's right. Or really anything Rick Rubin has produced in the last 25 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I would have listened to some. Rick I could Rubin learn. Production. I could learn, but I would need to be taught. Be the so Cowboy like by a, Mitski. Great album. Wonderful great, album. Well-written album. Horrible sounding album. One of the Love worst the sounding album. albums I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I could not turn it down further. That song, that album is incredible, and I have no issues with it. Superstore. 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 I, I almost started singing um, uh, Sports Star by Alex G when sing- mm. singing Superstore there. How did this show get made? Uh, this Don't show got made uh, because Ruben Fleischer had a development contract with NBC Universal. Ruben Fleischer, yeah. of course, the director of Zombieland, 30 Minutes or Less, Gangster Squad, Venom, Zombieland 2, and the upcoming Uncharted movie. He also directed this huh. pilot. You know huh. what? I liked the two of those movies that I saw, and I'll never watch them again because yep. I'm not 17. You anymore. loved Gangster Squad and nope. Zombieland 2. Not seen them. You but loved the original and 30 Minutes or Less are both movies I enjoyed watching. Which one's 30 Minutes or Less? It's the one uh, where it's Jesse about Eisenberg... that real story where the guy, the pizza delivery guy, was like had a bomb strapped to him. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like which really too. killed someone in real life, and they were like, "What if we made a comedy out of this?" Right. Yeah. That's I mean, fine. we could get into things that killed That's somebody in real life, and then um, trivializing it with horrible comedy later when we talk about the finale of this show. Oh God. Yeah. God, okay. okay. <laughs> I want to stay away from the finale. I have a lot to say about the finale. Yeah. Right. I was told this show to had say. good class politics, and this is pure propaganda. Well, we never saw any of the union stuff that, like, is always what I heard about this show. Like that. Oh, that explains. That's like a why. huge portion of it, and there was yeah. just like not mentioned in either of these episodes. So that's sad. Uh, lots of things weren't mentioned in either of these episodes, which means I think it's a fascinating character study. We basically got two parts of a rom com. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We yep. got with we special got the, guest star America Ferreira though. She disappears for a lot of the show. Well, yeah, that's that, that. I mean, we can we'll get into that part of that. But yeah, no, we we watched uh, the first part of the rom com where they meet cute. We missed the part where they get together and then are forced apart by circumstance. But we got to see the reunion. And honestly, honestly, as somebody who is currently experiencing uh, a major depressive period during a major depressive period across the nation, across the world. I'm very into, like, low stakes, gentle viewing. For sure. And this was, this was like putting a layer of mashed potatoes on my brain. I just, like, <laughs> just checked out. I watched yeah. it, and I was like, they should kiss. And then they kiss, and I was like, yeah. And that was my experience watching this show. So I have yeah, some thoughts that, on the finale. The show, yeah. I can't imagine something better. It was, Can, you should it get was really into Quibbies, dude. No, we, I refuse to <laughs> experience anything from Jeffrey Katzenberg's uh, sick, twisted vision. But continue I've on the background, Shrek. please. Uh, Superstore, it was an American sitcom that 
ran on NBC from November 30th, 2015 to March 25th, 2021. It was created by Justin Spitzer, who served as an executive producer for four seasons, and it starred America Ugly Betty Ferreira, who was an executive producer until her departure in the sixth season, and Ben, mm. I don't think about you at all, Feldman, who later would become a producer, <laughs> who I always remember and love for that role, where he plays like the most obnoxious member of the ad agency that's not uh, Pete. For some reason, this guy, I, 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 he just made me feel like he was the lead in your student-run musical organization uh, yeah. at your college. Like he'd so be playing, he'd be he playing a white version of Aladdin. Like you're, you're saying, he reminds you of Darren Chris, is what you're saying. Who? The, the guy. He, was on Glee. he yeah. played. Uh, he played Andrew Cunanan in uh, American. Crime Story season he, two. Uh, he and he made his name being in the unauthorized Harry Potter musical that was produced by oh, Michigan sure. students, uh, and then he, I, you know, pivoted that into being an, uh, having a successful career and is a very talented actor. But what you described yeah. there was just sure, him. sure, he, he, fine. Madman sure, did guy. such a good job removing that vibe from that actor because everything else I've seen him in has seemed more like his true self, which is pure theater kid energy. Yeah. In Mad Men, he just seems annoying, but and then and then he gets really cool when he starts talking about his nipple uh, transmitting <laughs> to the CIA or whatever. It's so good in Mad Men. It's, so, <laughs> like, it's like this thing where I'm just like, well, I'm going to have a soft spot for Ben Feldman roles forever right. because of how much I enjoy him in Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Is he the one who gets stabbed by Peggy? Does he get stabbed? I think it's man a lot. Go- a lot more goes else. on in Mad Men that I missed when I dropped that show. Uh, yeah, um, Ben Feldman does have intense theater kid energy in this show. Uh, the show, of course, is about a uh, a group of employees at Cloud Nine, a fictional big box store in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, so the the thing what I got from looking from lo- <laughs> looking into the background. So Justin Spitzer is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he was on. He was a producer on The Office for its entire run. Uh, and this show feels so much like a Mike Schur show that I was shocked Mike Schur is not involved in the show in any way, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Because it certainly fits like what NBC's been sort of making its name on in the last 15 years, which is like the kind of like wholesome uh, single cam. I wouldn't put that on Mike Schur necessarily, because he would have an edge, at least, especially like later stuff. Um, you know, where it was like, kind of like, oh, it feels wholesome. And then what was his last show? The Good Place. Good Place. I was like, what was that one? I was like, The Good Place then would have like, you know. Demons uh, and. Yeah, more sinister energy. The last season, the last, the theme of the last season of The Good Place is there is no ethical consumption (laughs) under capitalism. That's actually what that season is about. Uh, Yeah. So uh, this felt to me, I mean, it was, he also, uh, Justin Spitzer uh, was a writer for Scrubs. Uh, and was a, an executive producer on the failed Mulaney show. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it feels very much like somebody who probably has a very deep fondness for old-style sitcoms mm-hmm. and, be, and getting the chance to make something like this in an era where these things don't really exist in the popular conscious, mm-hmm. you know, other than the ones that, re- I mean, you know, that refuse to die, like Young Sheldon. Or whatever, a show that I think <laughs> anything, just got anything Chuck Lorre is involved with. <laughs> a man yeah, who, like if, a man whose uh, 
assassination I have called for before for <laughs> art crimes. We're going to have to beep that so yeah. that Travis doesn't get banned. Uh, but this also felt, it had big, is this an American version of a foreign show energy to me? Oh, yeah. And I don't yeah, know definitely. necessarily why. Yeah, like take out all of the class consciousness of the original show, all of the actual biting critique that may have happened in the original show, and replace it with a guy knocking over a stack of paper towels. Yeah, I I remember that moment was like, oh, okay, sure, here we go. And add a bona fide comedy legend, comedy genius in the show. Which person is that? Mark McKinney. Is he Um, Glenn? Yeah, the manager. Oh, he's yeah. so, so he bad in? in this, man. Uh, no, I thought I thought he was the best character. I'm I'm pulling he a knife out and I'm threatening you. How dare you say watch. a negative thing about a kid in the hall? Oh, uh, so the, the so, best sh- character in the show is the guy in the voice. It bothered me. Yeah, so the much. the voice is bothersome. The best character in the show is the is is it Garrett is the guy who does the announcements who's in the wheelchair because he because yeah. oh, uh, if you want to talk about class politics he's the one that advocates ripping off uh, the store yeah so. that's true until that's the true. very <laughs> end and then he does a whole propaganda bit but we'll get to we'll get there so so I think the scene o- the the show opens up with America Ferrera who plays Amy at the at the it opens up with the jewelry thing where she sells the ten ninety nine engagement ring to the what's his name is it gary a bow oh bow. <laughs> uh, I uh, wanted, same thing i wanted to say something actually before we got right into the show and i wanted to double check this um here's a weird thing i feel about this show that i learned while doing some research and wanted to double check the guy in the wheelchair can walk yes i did check if colton dunn uh was uh abled or not and sure man yeah, he is that's strange. There's like representation matters or yes. something. And <laughs> I imagine that Ian checked that by like going to his house, so like in the Big Lebowski and doing the this fucker <laughs> <Yeah>. walks. <laughs> <laughs> Knocked him out of the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, I did the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I'm not saying like you have to. I, I can only think of Daryl Mitchell. I was like, there has to be other actors uh, in wheelchairs, and all I can think of is Daryl Mitchell. But I bet there are many people in wheelchairs who. Would like to were, be actors. Were, would like this role. <laughs> I bet there was a guy in a wheelchair who was like up for this role and was like, yeah. the character's in a wheelchair. It's between me and a guy who's not in a wheelchair. They gotta pick me. Or they should have nope. gotten they should have gotten an experienced wheelchair actor and gotten uh, Scott Porter on this show. <laughs> Stop it. I'm begging you. I'm I'm actually begging you. Man, so, so Austin Powers, guys. <laughs> That happened naturally. <laughs> Remember when that happened two years before 9-11? <laughs> there. We're all out of the way. We're done. We're not going to make any references to it. So she, so she decides she's going to take a break after selling this engagement ring to a guy who's annoyed at spending to the son of Zorn. an engagement ring. Uh, and then we cut to uh, a manager aggressively hitting on a, an applicant to the job which is played for comedy. And I remember this scene being in the trailer for this show. Uh, Makes you want to watch it. And then thinking, oh, I'll never watch this show. They did a um, really great job casting the floor manager character. Isn't Tamara oh, Ferrer the floor manager? Not, okay. The, I, what? I thought they were I thought they were both managers. Like it, the, there's, there's multiple managers on yeah. the floor the and owner. most of these yeah, large Yeah, but the floor stores. manager is like a... Is like a 
regular retail associate who's been okay. elevated to a position, but they're not a um, like administrator of the store. Yeah, but Dina okay. is is administrative. Yes, then, uh, assistant store manager. That's what. Yes, yeah. uh, they. But no, uh, great job on the casting of that and the look of this person because that is a person who like definitely runs a McDonald's that I've been to. Like that that presentation they're going for, uh, spot on. So then we're introduced to their their after he gets the job, uh, we are introduced to their dynamic. Their dynamic being Amy America Ferrera and what's his name in the show? I already Jonah. 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 Though thank also you. we at this point do not know her name is Amy, do we? No. That's true. We, she, that's she, the has a, she has a name moment. tag that says Rebecca on it. Um, I think Ramona, it was, but yeah, Ramona. 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 Sorry. Somebody knocks something over, and he's trying to clean it up. And he's like, and he thinks that Amy is cute, so he starts sort of hedging on the fact that he works there. And he's like, I know you wouldn't expect me to work here uh, because I'm pretty and put together. She's like, yeah. And she starts playing along. And the bit is that she obviously works there and has worked there for a very long time. Uh, and is like, yeah, uh, I wouldn't expect that, but uh yeah people who work here must suck and she, and he's like yeah but don't say that out loud you know if somebody hears you they might think you're being condescending and then she flips that around on him a classic classic meet cute where he's an asshole and she's clever and she's gonna fall in love with him because it's convenient uh for the show that's classic. not what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> what on earth that like, seems accurate to me Come on. No, the what? whole, like, because yeah. it's convenient for the show. What are you? That's I mean, not they did write these, these characters work. to do that. Like, yeah. What like, do you mean? I mean? But just the way that you, you've, you like, completely boiled it down in this, like, in that way where you're just like, and it's just, there's convenient for the show. Nothing will happen from, like, it's just like, we don't know what arc these two are going to go on for that. It's no, a fine, but this is, this, is a, this is a thing. Like, this is a thing that happens in a lot of shows where where we're on the woman's side and the guy is a dick and then we learn that he's actually a lot softer and he's been through a lot of things and we start to feel sort of empathetic he actually toward backpacked him through and, europe one time yeah like and 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 then and then she falls in love with him even though from the get-go he's been kind of a dick this happens all the time in these shows and it's good and great, and uh, nope. the growth of male characters is really all that needs that shows need. Um, he could start out being less shitty. Like it's okay. It's okay to do that. He's okay to be shitty. I think a shitty okay character shitty. is good because it gives <laughs> you a place to grow from. So then he he keeps the whole episode is him fucking a bunch of sh- shit up, including he worked at the store uh, for less than one day. If the twenty five cent thing happened, uh, and you it, it literally one person got out of the store with it that's the end of the show yeah you're done he gets he gets to do the pos overwrite system which is a thing that only a manager would be able to do or allowed to do at a store like this and uh she hands it to him and says here's all the buttons you have to press to discount this stuff 25 cents because the pos system is broken 25 percent off and he goes and, and, and rewrites them all to be 25 cents and people start running out of the store with stuff uh and people like what's going on what's going on and then uh, somehow everyone knows (laughs) i think it spread like someone saw it happen at the register and then somebody 
it, yeah. it, it spread. Yeah, yeah kind of, kind of know, like, it's like a novel coronavirus or something. It spread and, throughout and the all store. The ca- all the cashiers were like, "This is fine. That's probably yeah. twenty five cents." <laughs> they're all because well, they're of, all dumbasses who work in retail. That's what we're all. That's what we're. They're all allies of the working class and are just like you. Grab those electronics. Those TVs are very heavy yeah. though. I do Again, not know. Garrett, Garrett is like. Fucking go for it, dude. He's and he's on the ball, unlike the uh, the pregnant girl who's never forget who's obviously yeah, supposed Cheyenne. to be like, dumb. Uh, I uh-huh, love... get it because she's stupid. It's so funny. Except the whole show is about retail I people, and it's so you're supposed to work for them. So, yeah. these two episodes. I no, think... it's not taking that stance, but it's 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 subconsciously taking that stance. Hundred percent. Like 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 it, it's it's taking the stance that these are all good people. Because because that's what it wants to show. It wants you to be attached to them. But meanwhile, it's really reinforcing the stereotypes people have about retail because that's what it's playing for comedy. Right. This feels like a standard sitcom. Some of the characters are smart. Some of them are yeah. dumb. No. Nope. What sitcom has them. smart characters? Sitcoms inherently function on characters being stupid as hell and not acting like real people because that's the way that you. But there's characters the... that are like put together and just like make a poor decision. And but, there's characters but, just like this guy is a dumbass. But that's the problem, and that's why shows like Veep and Arrested Development work is because those those shows are punching up at politicians and rich people, right. whereas this show is punching down at retail workers. Yeah. I did not feel the punching down really, honestly. That's the that's the divide where I'm just like it In felt this like- show in this show, a pregnant girl very excitedly accepts a proposal from a white man who does a rap session at her with a ten ninety nine engagement ring. Yeah. yeah. But like that's a thing that happens in real life. I, like uh, that's a yeah, kind of person. But it's, play, it's played for comedy in in a way that is like People who live in Lincoln Park are going to laugh at this because they're poor. I, well, uh, I but, there's really no way around me feeling I, this. Like I, yeah, I but just I have more attachment, like, I think. To have you both worked in retail or just we have? Yeah, we have. Just we has. have. Okay, we both have. There's no way you can make something then about characters who are of a low of like lower economic class and not have the hypothetical straw man in Lincoln Park that you've created not laugh at them for being like that's just never going if, to not if be you, a thing if, i mean there's a lot if, of famous if you play yeah. them if you play them as intelligent characters whose comedy comes from the situations that you put them in because they're relatable they don't even need to be intelligent realistic. they just need to be respected by the show right uh, like and i but I, you, you I, can do that i've seen it I, done and i feel like in the end episode we have everyone that is then treated respected by the show you you have like the like oh you know these characters are have I mean, gotten it together and they've been sold out by a corporation it seems in some capacity yeah i mean if, like if the show spot, had but... been accurate to the retail experience now like the tone would have had to completely shift because it's this yeah. propaganda bit that's just like everybody is having a goofy time and falling in love uh and it's actually fine what's happening in retail instead of the like least fortunate people in the country being ground into a powder supporting a culture and society that doesn't give a fuck about them at all well matt i will say no one wants to watch that show fucking also from what i understand and again from what i understand a lot of the show does get into (laughs) that and we just didn't see it yeah like like, that's a whole that's a whole plot that i know that it had was like a big union drive thing yeah I, i have the notes on what the superstore is here and they talk about how it's you know a fictional hypermarket uh, you know, it's it's uh, it sells guns and liquor. Has a pharmacy. 
It's got its own credit union, of course. The spokesperson for Cloud9 was uh, Daniel Hetzler as Kyle, the Cloud9 Cloud, until he was arrested and charged with cannibalism. Um, and then it's just like the corporation does not offer paid maternity leave, health insurance, or paid overtime to its employees. Under Cloud9 policy, employees may take one bathroom break per shift and are allotted 15 minutes for lunch. An effort to control what is happening in the individual stores, all locks and lights, as well as temperature control and music, are all controlled from the corporate office. So it's like it clearly. That's accurate. That's, that's it's what interesting it's like. because because this show starts in the first scene. America Ferrera says, "I'm going to go take a break," and then just does yeah. it. Like <laughs> literally, not how it works that, at all. Just like that just does is, decide yeah. she's going to take a break and then just it's, does it without I mean, letting anyone know or scheduling it or you have to book your someone. breaks at the beginning of the day. I, yeah. bet it's, that I bet it's I bet it's like the Chuck Bass war, wrote a bus in episode one, <laughs> and then they figured out, that <laughs> and that's then they not were what like, like, "Wait a minute, hold on a sec, <laughs> what were we doing there?" Yeah, like just like the the fact that like the locks and the lights are controlled by a by a you know an office couple of you know a state away. That's what happens, I, you know. Yeah, and 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 like. The the show I, I, like obviously the show could get better than this pilot. I I yeah certainly I don't know that certainly the middle is better than what we saw. <laughs> there's room there's room for growth. I'll say that. There there the characters in this in this intro are m- mostly obnoxious. A, a character that clearly never gets any less obnoxious is the queer coded Asian man who is just trying to one up uh, Jonah all the time. Classic sitcom character that. I always have to wonder, who is this for? Because nobody yeah, who likes enjoys it. that character. Who enjoys that? Uh, I thought he was fine because I went, oh, it's that guy from Crazy Rich Asians. That's where he came from before that movie. Because I had, you know, seen that film and was like, boy, I do not recognize most of these actors. But these are all clearly people who are in things. And now mm. I have an answer to that question. So is it is that it? Is it like, oh, I see a guy that I recognize? Well, no, I mean, that was just for me. Um, I, I was going to say, Matt, Matt, don't you understand? Like, this is how people like Ian and I operate. Of You see, is pointing at the screen, you're like, that's a guy. And <laughs> it, instantly, even... it instantly elevates anything if you're like, I know that guy. Listen, I, I'm going to jump ahead uh, into something that I, I, I was uh, checking some, some cast notes to see. Um, Travis, did you see who later appears in the show playing Jonah's father? No. Speaking of guys... They got mm. the ultimate guy to is play that, this character. Steven father. Root? It's not Steven Root. Soy! I was going to say, oh, based on your excitement, is they get Fred Melamed. Yeah, Fred Melamed. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it's a show where, yeah, like you get some guys. Yeah, I should have yeah. thought more Jewish. Yeah, uh, later <laughs> Fred Melamed appears. Later, uh, the manager, Dina, her estranged father appears. He's played by Dean Norris, which. Oh, yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Who's then, only who's only been on terrible shows since Breaking Bad? Oh, dude, that one with the women who run the nail salon that I would always see the ads for while watching Claws. basketball games. Yes, yeah, that should be on our list. I don't think that's on. I've heard Claws might be good. I don't want to know. It's like all the TNT dramas where I'm like, who's no one's ever seen these. I only watched I the last ten. I might minutes, only but... pick shows that are on that I see ads for during basketball from here on out. By the way, uh, I think, like I think my next one is Bones, but I'm not sure yet. Ooh, oh uh, my god, Bones is yeah, great. Um, uh, and then uh, um, uh, America Fer- Ferreira's character, uh, I, uh, her father is played by the person who played the actor who played her father in Ugly Betty, because uh, that's another thing people love. That's a gag. That's a, yeah, when you when it, <laughs> hey, 
it's that. Like, you know, the 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 um, the example I always think of that is the there was the show Spin City that had Michael J. Fox, and there's a whole episode where it's like, oh my uh, my old political mentor is coming to town, and of course he's played by Christopher Lloyd. Yep. And it's a whole episode that just exists to make Back to the Future jokes, because uh, sometimes you want mashed potatoes yeah. spread <laughs> right. over your brain. <laughs> right. So and can I talk about sit- where this show was almost good? Uh, sure. I, I'm is curious, it because yeah. is it because you almost assuredly know one person who's appeared on this show in some capacity? No, I, well, I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do, but uh, I, I didn't see them. In I these would two gamble my life on this. Yeah, no, I bet. I bet. I bet that's true. For those listening uh, for the first time, Stephen did improv. So, so there there were bits in this show where I saw promise, and be, I think it's because if this show was relatable retail workers dealing with the pain in the ass that is working retail mostly if it was mostly that and maybe it is i, I but yeah, like again it wasn't in the pilot you can't in, you, the pilot it's in, not. in no, this yeah. in this show we can't spend all our time being like it's probably better in the middle because that's not what we're doing yeah here. exactly yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you're right uh and so so like like the cuts between the commercials they'd have those little bits that weren't anything like like Amy walking by and seeing a kid peeing in a trainer potty on the floor. Like, that's funny. Like, it's simple. It's easy. It's funny. Uh, and that, that and reminds like, me of like Parks and Rec. I was like, gonna say uh, the way that people drink from drinking fountains or like any of the city council meetings. I was gonna yeah. say, I right. bet that one of the things the show probably moves towards another thing I would bet my life on is that it reaches a point where everyone who shops at the store is a like is a resident of. A resident of Pawnee. Yes. Yeah. You know. For sure. Yeah. Those those things are good. Those things are funny. The the fact that the guy who she sold the ring to ends up proposing to a person that she knows is funny because it's all it's all encapsulated. It's it's characterization of the characters that we care about. It, it worked and and it and it got totally fucked by the woman who just kept trying to talk to her about laxatives the entire time. That scene was already funny, and then it was just like, oh, um, the stool softener, or should I go with, what's the difference between a stool softener and a laxative? Uh, should I go with this heavy one? Why would I want it to be? And and we're all dealing with the fact that she's trying to stop her, well, who I imagine is somebody she cares about from getting married to this fuckboy. And, 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 and there's something that called truth in comedy. <laughs> and and it it's it's like it's like yes we're going to exaggerate things but as long as there's a base truth in what we're talking about as long as in in like a good a good comedy or a good show when we introduce a character and we see who they are and they react to situations we laugh when they do something unusual but the but it fits the character when we have a character who does something where it's like that's weird but it completely makes sense that this character that we've established would do this mm-hmm. uh, bad comedy on the other hand is there is no one in the entire universe mm-hmm. who would do this uh, <laughs> like not nothing you could nothing no context that you could give there is a woman being proposed to right in front of her face a woman who is trying to interact with them being proposed to and she's literally talking like you if you do this it might be a mistake and the woman holding the shit goes, Oh, you're right. I all decide later. I don't want to do something that's going to fuck up the rest of my life. Like, like yeah. I understand what they're doing, 
but it doesn't work because no one in the world would ever be like who would see that and be like she's talking to me right now it's just if there's no comedy there because there's nothing nobody's ever reacted that way this scene more than any other scene felt like bad improv it did feel like that. Like you're like the three of them are doing a scene and then the fourth and then person somebody who can't did, do just wanted something to do. Who, yeah. Who was like, who's like, I haven't been in a scene in a couple. I'll, I'm just going to come in with some laxatives. Ha ha. Pooping is funny. Um, pooping is funny though. It, it can be. And then <laughs> another scene where no one has ever reacted like this, the, the like try hard guy sings his intro. Like they're all introducing each other to each other. They're in a room. He sings his intro, and then Jonah is like, oh, I guess this is what we're doing. I will also sing my intro. Which, like, it doesn't fit that. It doesn't fit his character. It's just, ah, it just, ah. The Jurassic Park Park bit was good. Yes, I was glad that happened. My only note was they do move in herds. Uh, That was a funny bit. Uh, I like that he was like, I I like to play Christian music, but instead, this is what I'm allowed to do. I want to give a good vibe. And they just plays the Jurassic Park theme. I was Mark funny. McKinney doing a Muppet voice, making me smile, probably getting offset and speaking in like a much deeper, gentle Canadian accent. Also, <laughs> he did a I, huge I, Canadian vibes. So yes, he's a, he's a kid sense. in the hall. He's in the hall. <laughs> I bet, I bet uh, other members of Kids in the Hall appear in some capacity as, you know, like either other store managers. I bet one of them plays his rival at some point or something like that. Yeah. You know, probably the best scenes in the show are yeah when when two unambiguous you know comedy masterminds uh, 20 30 years after their prime just get to like oh we still got we still got some bits uh, but I also just like when characters sound like Muppets <laughs> personal thing he does sound like a Muppet uh, Jonas sounds like uh, in addition to being a theater kid he sounds like he should be playing a child in a kids cartoon Let's see if Ben Feldman has voiced a cartoon character. I bet he has. Can you believe he's 40? I mean, he was 35 in this pilot, but... Looks great for yeah. 40. Yeah, yeah he you looks know, very looks, boyish. Looks good, yeah. Speaking of things that would never happen, at a certain point, after A, uh, losing them a ton of money because he sold a bunch of electronics at 25 cents, and then B, making a frowny face out of cans uh, that makes it very difficult for people to take the cans, uh, and just, like clearly doing something he was told not to do. She then, in the next scene, apologizes to him for being a stick in the mud, which is fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, and he would have been fired. He would have been fired yeah. at this point, and she apologizes to him! He would have been fired before the second incident. <laughs> yep, he would have. But instead, we get to have uh, him and character in the wheelchair, Garrett? Garrett. Garrett and... Glenn. Glenn, thank you. I was just going to start saying, you know, real names again. Uh, we get to have them uh, doing a wheelchair race. Uh, or not a wheelchair race, a um, shopping, shopping cart race. Cart. Seems uh, fun. Which honestly You'd get literally like sued to death by the store if you did this, but it seems fun. Truth in comedy. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's truth in comedy, but there's not, that's not, that's just not fun. And that's just like such a nitpicky thing. Retail's like, not fun. If they that's did this. a really big thing. <laughs> there's nothing fun about it. It is the most soul grinding thing you could possibly yes. do. Yes. Okay. But there are so many things 
that we make media out of that are inherently not fun, but we still make them in these fun things. And, and you I make demand, them because a lot of people can relate to them. And, and I like, demand is, the internal consistency, Matt. That's all I demand is that you now have to point out every time when this would not be able to happen in real life. And no, we get sued. You, you I tend to do that. Sins. You don't want this, Ian. You don't no, we're turning yeah. into cinema sins. That's what's happening. You don't want this. Also, there's, Anyways, a, there's a clear divide between the people who worked retail and the people who didn't here. Anyways, Ben Feldman was on Big Hero 6, the series, and is on the upcoming Monsters at Work series. Perfect. So congrats, Ben Feldman, for getting those Disney royalty checks. Yep. I mean, Monsters, Inc., another great show about working class, uh, about <laughs> having to, <laughs> you know, plugging away. But I was going to ask for the people who work retail here, how do you, what's your stance on trying to fuck your floor manager? Fine. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, Anyone most above people that are, is, is too weird. In my but experience, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like, like it's not that serious. Like, it's not all that serious. Like, whatever happens, like it's a fucking retail job. It's not all that serious. <laughs> it's very easy to leave at home because you come in and are like programmatically required to turn your brain off when you come in. Uh, yeah, th- so. that's one of the things that I that I really like. I, I I needed some sort of if they had done some sort of thing where it was like. Like we can't get anyone to do this job for X, Y, or Z reason, then I would have maybe bought them not firing him. But like the fact, like there's always people who will do the retail job. Like there's people who need a job and would do the retail job. Like it's yeah. just like they they could they could fire him and find another person tomorrow. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I mean, any recognition at all of like the actual reality of retail would have been nice. It, like if they had just established that, and I knew that they understood that before writing a bunch of comedy that was very unrealistic to the experience of retail that would have been enough every uh matt wants every sitcom to actually just be replaced with uh jacobin essays about the nature <laughs> just of show me that you know show me that you know yeah. what no, it's actually no, no. Every character i totally is, i totally every character is holding the abcs of socialism in every scene <laughs> reading reading the shock doctrine like yeah Except we hated the character who was reading the Shock Doctrine. <laughs> we loved she that sucks. they were reading the Shock Doctrine, though. <laughs> but like that was fun. But show me, like I, I don't, I yeah, don't need yeah. the whole show to be like that. I need early enough. It doesn't even have to be the first scene or anything. But I need to know that you know. If you're going to talk about retail and you're going to talk about people who work in it, I need to know that you actually understand what it's like. It, 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 they, they, it's tough because they're trying to play this romance thing of like, of like she's been beaten down by retail over the years. He has not, so he's trying to take this fresh, positive attitude into it and be silly and you know live life one day at a time and find the moments, the the special <laughs> moments that he talks about. He's the um, man of pixie dream boy. Yeah, he is the manic pixie dream boy. The big set piece of the sh- of the of the of the pilot is he. They can't find him for a while. He's not doing work, which again would just get you fired. Um, and uh, Bo comes in, <laughs> jumps up on a uh, cash register, holds a gun in the air, and says, "I'm going to shoot someone every minute until uh, until unless." Uh, unless uh, Cheyenne agrees to marry me, and then all the people that are nearby break out into a flash mob, and uh, one sing character a song. dismissively goes, "Oh, this is because YouTube," which, <laughs> like, yeah, I do like, I do enjoy that. This was an okay scene. Uh, I was totally fine with this scene. He raps at her awkwardly, 
gets down on a knee. <laughs> he and- shouts Black Lives, hashtag Black Lives Matter, and all I could think of was um, David uh, Guetta. Uh, <laughs> oh, to, God. This George goes, Floyd this and his family. goes out to <laughs> George Floyd. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so it was just like, yeah, that's 100% spot on. And then um, uh, Dina uh, hits the lights and... Um, she is army crawled to the back and has, uh, you know, called, not called the police. She's called someone and is shouting code green and they're like, what does any of this mean? So she flips the lights off and, and he's I, on one knee. I fully expected, like, a car- I, uh, the thing to happen in this is that she is going to shoot him, like... But, you know, it'll be like the shotgun shell the of rock arm. salt yeah. or something like that. Because she, she earlier shoots a gun during that sale when everyone's running out. She shoots a right. shotgun in the sky. Yeah. And so I was like, this literally might be Chekhov's gun. <laughs> they have introduced that she yeah, has that a would, gun. That would, be, that would be way too good for this show. <laughs> this guy might get shot. It would have been good if he got shot. That would have yeah. been actually that would have been funnier than what happened. 100%. If he was on one knee. And, and had proposed, and the lights went off, and the stars were all across, and there was this magical moment, and then he got shot. We I would have laughed out loud. I would have laughed out loud. No, I mean, there would be the follow-up. Like, there'd be the ambulance, you know, mentioning right. he's going to no, be okay. cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Just bring it back episode two. <laughs> Credits roll. I'd want muzzle flash, and then, like, the body to unrealistically fly. Like, in, like that, we're, like, in, um, <laughs> with, like, in, in Django Unchained. Yeah. I'm thinking of Django yeah, yeah. Unchained where he shoots the person and then they, like, uh, there's the wire that pulls them all the way back. <laughs> like, if that had happened. Yeah, that would have been funny. That would have been, it would have been really. That would have been really good. It would have been really unlike this show to have that sort of gag. Like, it wouldn't yeah. have fit the show at choosing all. So that might have been was, weird. Choosing to believe that was the original thing and then they brought it to NBC and NBC was like, we're NBC. Are you kidding me? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, they did it have Hannibal. Still worked. Nobody watched that show. Seven people anyway, watched that show. Anyway. If you want to picture it, if you're listening, those those like glow-in-the-dark stars that you might have had on your ceiling when you were a kid, which are neat, uh, were all over the ceiling. Somehow he did this without anyone noticing. Where is he? Um, Nobody looked up he, at all. <laughs> people don't look up. No, that's true. This is a thing they in video game up. design. No, they don't. If you watched the film Last up. Christmas. Anyways, glow-in-the-dark stars, it's... It's cute. It's charming. In my head, whoever made In this show Sorry. worked retail for two months, thought they were above it, then decided they were going to make a show and said, okay, what if the person, the audience surrogate, thinks they're above it and then learns yeah. that there's actually deeper happiness <laughs> in this than they thought there was yeah like that's what it feels like to me is like i i saw it for a minute thought i was above it because i am because i make fucking tv and and now i'm gonna make since i since i experienced it for a month and a half when i was 16 i'm gonna make a show about it and how underneath it all these are good people who are fun 100 percent. that's sounds like how sitcoms get made yeah. yeah I'm just well, I'm yeah, just more just precious n- about retail. Because, I think it's I think it's yeah. a more important I don't know. You make it you make a comedy show about politicians. I think people understand politicians. I don't think most people understand retail. Man, like I I just don't. Like which is weird cuz so many more people 
work in retail at some point in their lives than yeah. ever have any. And a lot of them, Paul, and a lot Paul of them Paul. who are in retail truly believe they're above it while they're doing it. Yep. Yeah, the that's American. True. That's the whole American psyche. Yeah, like. Right. So I'm stuck. In, I'm stuck in this shitty job. But I'm better than this. But I'm better than this. Well, I mean, they all they, they are better than this. They are all individually better than it. Yes. Like, yeah. But they're not better than the, the other people who are doing it. No, is, right. Thing, right. is the problem. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and that's I mean. The uh, the American psyche is the fascination with the unattainable and the belief that you know oh in just a short few years I'm gonna be that you know I'm gonna have my millions uh, and you 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 all watch uh, right I mean that applies to to that at least might be the white American collar white to psyche. like mundane yeah. office jobs as well and that's part of why the that was the office's whole thing is like right. the audience are in that show so many things they're above working a mundane office job I I've watched a few episodes of the British Office for the first time. And the problem, the problem, like it's a lot grimmer than the American Office. It's 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 cringy. It it makes you think that working in office is truly the worst thing possible, which is you know somewhat valid. Um, but uh, I can't get over all the misogyny, which I guess is like accurate. But it, God, it's so much. If you've if Wait, you've seen the British I've version, are you telling me so that, much misogyny? Are you telling me that there's a show with Ricky Gervais, <laughs> and there's a lot of misogyny? God, but it's so over the top. Does it's he? Just well, so wait, over the hold top. on, Stephen. Does he at least respect God in the show? I mean, today is Easter. I need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today, I'll, today I'll be praying in front of that picture of him on the cross that says atheist. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the finale. We spent more time on that pilot than we expected, and I have more Where to say it? in the finale than I do in the pilot. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we we have oh, to. There's uh, a, the close the denouement scene where they're. Yeah, I was gonna say I just I just really like the idea of um, store brand caffeinated malt liquor <laughs> that didn't get sued. <laughs> like the casual, like no, we still got four locos because our asses didn't get sued. <laughs> like you know the basic thing. Um, and Probably then, the most uh, accurate yeah, they, scene in the show, like drinking in the parking lot, uh, and then being like, "Let's go throw mannequin limbs in the dumpsters to freak out the garbage people." Yeah. Yes, uh, fired. For that, for sure. Just for the record, probably sued. Thank you for another class of people that need more respect. The garbage men can't go scaring them with fake with limbs. <laughs> That's really cruel. Uh, all sales final. Oh, we're not going to talk about was... whether we'd watch the show or not. Uh, I, yeah, my I take was, was I would clear. give I would give this a couple episodes because, like I said, sitcom pilots are almost universally mediocre and it was amusing enough and i would i would text bored. i would text my friend uh who'd watched this show before and say uh where do i actually where, where do i need to start with the show yeah <laughs> when does this get good okay okay oh season two got it yeah the universal is it still truth. is it still very funny when he knocks over the paper towel rolls in season two <laughs> <laughs> so are we more or less in agreement that the I, pilot is not good it's. I mean, yeah. It's. It's. It's a, a definite work in progress. Like, yeah. I, I, even if you think the show may have gotten better, we all agree I, that the pilot. I was if not, I was a literally a, an exec watching a pilot and determining if the show needs a season order, I would consider it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. If I would, if it was the thing where like I was watching the first episode of this one, mm-hmm. it would be the like. Uh nah. And then yeah. like if somebody was like actually it got good, I'd be like, oh okay, I guess I could check that out. But would not have been a weekly watcher for sure. Yeah. This Travis. is getting a this is getting a binge 
maybe on my <laughs> official uh, rating system that <laughs> I'm going to introduce a really convoluted at some point. Like, <laughs> it's like, like, not, like, like a one on it. Travis, uh, the, the problem with the exact angle is that's a very different question than did you mm-hmm. like it? Yes, because yes. if you're an exec, you're like, do I think people will watch this? Not, do I like it? It's that's a very true. different but question. But on some level, I'm like, does the show show promise? Well, right. now, Stephen... I think that's right in the abstract, but actually knowing what I know about like studio and television executives, the They're question really actually is usually no, the question usually is, is, well, do I like this? Well, does Bill's son have a credit all on this? Ex- all executives yeah. kind of talk like this. Yeah, listen, you know we all uh, we all big city. Oh, We've like, done a lot of smoking in yeah, our day, listen, so this is how we talk. It's me, the head of NBC. Uh, I, I also got transplanted here from 1952. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm a fast talking. I'm a fast talking man. If we don't take this, one of the only other two TV channels in existence will take it. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, they probably won't be able to take it since this was created under an exclusive licensing contract and a. <laughs> What's, what's Lucille Ball deal. doing? Is she available for this show? <laughs> now there's a dame. And then you stare <laughs> off. <laughs> well, uh, that's what all TV executives sound like, because I can only do, like, three voices. Yeah. And one of them does not make sense at all for this podcast. Now let's jump straight to 2021 in a way that's very uh, in our face. This is the first, sh- this is the first show. I, I don't know if either any of you have seen it. Anything. This is the first show where the pandemic is canon that I've seen. Same. Yep. Fictional. Yeah, yes. yeah. Fictional. I watched. Uh, I watched a documentary series where you know there were like a bunch of people where, in masks. Where in real life the pandemic <laughs> yeah. is canon because it's a documentary. Definitely on how to with John Wilson. Definitely the pandemic was real. It, was, it, it was F one Drive to Survive. Okay. Yeah. okay. Fictional so, like, show. It's not Nothing. necessarily the focus. They're mostly just like the racing drama, but there's a lot of parts with people wearing masks right. and giving interviews. Nothing that I watch uh, has been doing that, but I know that Grey's Anatomy has done that and That's a good. few other things. I'd actually oh, really oh, yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of, of things, uh, speaking of things, I, I've watched the NBA. In the NBA, it's canonical <laughs> that there's a pandemic. In college so. football, it's not though. So that was. Sort of <laughs> 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 and it's At like least kind in the of, SEC, like it's kind of real in college <laughs> basketball, but also kind of not. It's strange. It's an somebody said. Version. Somebody. Somebody said like for the final four, the pandemic should be over. Like whatever, it's the final four. I mean, <laughs> the consistency no of the mask wearing in. Athletic in sports is very similar to what it is on this episode. I was going to ask about this. Is there a reason? <laughs> this is so bizarre. <laughs> it actually feels incredibly real to what I imagine is going on. As somebody who's like going into an office twice a week uh, during the pandemic, where there are parts where there's someone who's not removing a mask at all, and then there are parts where there are people who are working, and they're like, "Oh, well, now that we're having a conversation, we're going to remove the mask." Yeah, there's there's not enough of that, and the workers are not the people who have this problem. The customers are the people who have this problem. Yeah. Um, the workers that's, that's wear masks a hundred percent of the time based on what I've yep. seen. Uh, yep. They certainly wear masks around each other because they're terrified of bringing the pandemic home to their kids and parents who are uh, immunocompromised and the customers don't give a fuck about that at all. Uh, and in fact, seem to actually want to spread it to them. 
this there's representation pr- of this probably honestly is, made me feel like sick to my stomach. It was so. There probably should horrible. at some point in this season, if they want to reflect real life, which no one should be doing, there should not be media that's made about this era. No, we should all yeah, just, just don't. I would much, yeah. ra- I would much prefer is, to there just should be, and there probably is a scene of some co- some customer that's belligerent that someone makes like a viral video on of them getting in a fight. God. But yeah, every time they're like, video, "Well, we're in a break Travis. room, so not." <laughs> <laughs> and you, whenever they're like, we're in a break room, so let's take them off. It's that it is bizarre, especially it's like then don't establish that people are wearing them. No, like, I, listen, and even the people I, take them listen, off, there's nowhere to be seen. It's not like around their chin. They're just like, I, I know just don't have it. I know it's scene. an office job, so it's not necessarily the same. But with my experience going in twice a week during this, that is a hundred percent consistent with how various people will be. It's just the moment they're just like, oh well, now that I'm talking to someone comes down so that they can more clearly hear or see me. Like, that has been I love people that take it down. It's not like that in in stores. But we're uh, we're also talking about the back rooms where you guys aren't. But I've talked to people who I know who still work in retail who say that who have explained to me how it works because I've been curious about it. Uh, Well, I'm just like, in my experience, this is what it is like, where it's just like But this is a public-facing job. But your experience is not retail. Yeah, but your experiences aren't also retail. Yours are the secondhand experiences. Mine are just the way that these people, the way that people will interact with each other, despite overwhelming knowledge and all of this, is they don't want to wear masks the full time. Like I have no complaints at all. I didn't think about that part at all. Where I was just like, weird that this person isn't wearing a mask. I was like, yeah, this is just like when X person at my at, at the the space next to me gets in, and then once they sit at their desk, immediately removes their mask because they're just like, well, now that I'm not near anyone, I'm in a magic bubble basically and no you know even though we're in like a you know air conditioning and everything's getting recycled like i saw quite a bit of that early not as much i think that's recently yeah, no it's 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 I think, the difference on messaging across states is probably a decent amount of this or like local communities and those things like that but i think a bigger thing like getting away from the like realism of it is just like it's really jarring to establish that you're going to have people wearing them or like that this will take place during this and then just not have them suddenly. Yeah. And it's also like one reason why you just shouldn't make media around this time is it like fucks with you as a viewer to watch people trying to do acting through a mask. Like, I thought that was interesting. Facial acting, especially it's interesting, but it's, it's like, it's really I'd rather strange. just be able to read their face. What do you, Cause but that's I kind mean, of a crucial part to cut to a dialogue based sitcom. Um, how else would you do it though? Cause like you can't, like, would you just have the show where they're just like nobody is wearing? The show them would at not all? take place during the yeah, reality I would, of twenty twenty. Like, that's easy. what yeah. I would if do. They haven't established yeah. what the date is or whatever in the rest of the show. I would very clearly just be like, "Man, Even this is a have. beautiful March thirteenth, twenty nineteen day." Yeah, no. Yeah. I, Even, I, if, I just, Even if they have, it doesn't matter because, like, in their it universe, have to be our reality. Yeah, in their universe, there doesn't have to be a pandemic. In their universe, they it's have fun to work retail and you fall in love. Together. Yeah, well, no, it's the fact, it's the, I was going to say it's the thing where the actors, like, for me, it's like you either have to make it with the masks or you have to shut down and never do any of the stuff during the pandemic just because then, it's like. But then why would you have the scenes where they're not wearing them? Like, because that was right. my initial thought. I was like, are they doing this because this was the only way they could make the show is like everyone's wearing a mask on screen at all times. But then when they weren't, no. I'm like, what? Are, then why did it's, you do uh, this? It's scenes with the main characters who aren't wearing masks. And then if there are extras, they're wearing masks. Okay, because you can't I, I'm do, curious you, what the production of this was yeah, like. I guess in yeah. general, just because it's since it's a big box store, you can't do a small thing because you're gonna need extras to be the people at the store. So that's why it's like you can't really not have the masks 
if you're still making it because yeah. there'd be if too it, many people involved. It'd be funny if all, it, all the extras are like people that are crew on the show anyway <laughs> or something. You thought we'd get around that. <laughs> what if it, if it were just a production <laughs> necessity, then have, that's fine. They just have Jonah with a wig being an extra. <laughs> they just have like, it's all, there's like 10 total people in the cast and they play the extras in the scene where they're not, but what different That'd be makeup. Good. And that's just, like that's just play. sketch comedy. I would love yeah. that. I would love that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like that's a better choice. Yeah, it's it's bad wigs and bad mustaches as they're never directly interacting with a customer. Mode. It's always just that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in this in this episode, it's clear that the store down. We don't know why, but I'm sure that's established in the rest of the. But uh, clearly, their store shutting down. There's a liquidation sale. I this think, is the last. I think there's like a corporate switchover. Yeah. Because. When we see them at the end, they become a fulfillment center. Yeah. So they're becoming Amazon. They've been maybe, maybe we'll Amazon. get a fun uh, series sequel sponsored by Amazon where they have fun working for Amazon. And they fall in Nobody love in the Amazon in warehouse. They have a meet Check kit where they're both Land. taking a this. piss in their, in their own pants. Uh, <laughs> so at some point in this, they banked the first joke that I laughed at. And I wish I had written down <laughs> what it was. I, it was you definitely just, just like... It was America Ferrera delivering a line well. With Is it what she says? It turns timing. out when you it turns out when you get uh, into one of these positions, it's really easy to stay in them. It was not. That. She talks about like going into into when you're an executive, management. it's easy to stay an executive everywhere. Well. Yeah, which good line. Uh, and then seconds after I wrote that note, they blasted me with like three COVID-19 jokes and then a Catholic priest rape joke with a tinge of homophobia to it. Mm, yes. The, uh, in 2021 um, based on, uh, based on the character that Glenn cuts it, it would be consistent for him to believe that the pastor was falsely accused 30 times. Yeah. Uh, I they do just not probably didn't need to write this joke. Yeah. They don't, they didn't need to put it in, but that is consistent. It's realistic that Glenn would believe that. Yeah. Um, it is weird hearing, you know, that said by a Muppet voice, and that's probably why they were like, well, this is, you know, this is something. Um, <laughs> we're really on to something here. Yeah, we learned... Just doing a Muppet voice to deliver the Dave Attell Catholic church rape <laughs> joke from, like, 2005. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the, uh, yeah, so the story's closing. Uh, Amy is back. Uh, it says... Clear one, your, Amy, clear your throat challenge. It said one month yeah. later... And due to the way that this show works, the internal canon means that this all takes place one month yeah. after the pilot. <laughs> we yeah. saw the pilot, and then the next episode says one month later, and I have no reason to believe, despite the fact that they do say a literal amount of time at uh, one point. But yeah, they do clear, specifically clear, say yes, a year. Clear your throat, Amy. Why are you talking like Tom Izzo? That's... Uh... <laughs> She 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 comes back to say bye to everyone and immediately gets put to work and agrees to do it. I guess she's yeah. doing. She's actually been tapped for undercover boss uh, <laughs> and the the most vile show that there is. And she gets is tasked. Here to, uh, she comes in to smile. say hello to everybody during the pandemic and is put to work during the pandemic without volunteering to do that. that yeah, because um, because a bunch of people probably were like, "Yo, fuck it, we quit." Or right. I am ill. And yeah, I mean, well, some I, uh, like people on this staff died. Definitely, a lot of people in their families died, specifically related to this job. It's hard to play for laughs. I'm just saying, it's fucking tough, man. I sh I'm just like, I wonder if they did do that. 
Like, Maybe. did they no trust way. that movie? Not yeah. a chance. Not a fucking chance. It's on NBC. But America Ferreira this is a realizes... This show, dude. America Ferreira realizes it was a mistake not marrying Jonah, I guess. And not watching and not watching the Americans. Which that was the thing mistake, we forgot show. to mention at the end of the pilot is that as she walks away and like you know he says something, she pulls out a wedding ring and puts it on. Oh yeah, that did happen. Was she so, married then? Yes, because there was also the little setup for it, which is Cheyenne being like, "It's shame you're not allowed to wear jewelry at the store," and then yeah. like mm. the last shot of that episode is like her putting on Amy a wedding is ring. Married. So, and then the last shot of this one. She has two kids, and one of those kids is older than six, for sure, or five, or whatever would be. So, yeah. Oh. Hmm. There's yeah, probably a whole. There's probably. I bet there was probably a whole thing where like she takes Cheyenne aside and explains that she was actually a lot like her. Interesting. But yeah, so she comes back. Uh, yeah, is immediately put to work. The store is closing. Uh, we get roughly. A dozen callback gags, which made this so deeply oh, jarring. Man. Kid peeing in the toilet. Child in the city playing while that happens. Uh, uh, what else was there? Doing the um, fake name name tag the, thing. The laxative woman comes back. There's a scanner. Jonah is now like a scanner master. Yeah, yeah. He knows how to use. He shows her how to use the scanner when he. She showed him how to use the scanner. There were. I mean, there were certainly more, but it was the. It was very clearly. The, we just rewatched the pilot before writing this finale. Let's uh, let's Every make time, these mirrors. It's, it's like they make these shows for us. Yeah, this isn't the first <laughs> time we've had the sort of like, oh, here's some callbacks. But this has been the most gratuitous so amount of callbacks. Apparently, there's like a budding romance between Dina and Garrett. Good for them. Sure. sure. Yeah. We get a going steady ask while we watch a montage of memories that happened in the show. Watching a, a series of illegally recorded job interviews, and they're all like, this is fun. <laughs> and, and what is remarkable fidelity Yeah, yeah. for <laughs> what appear to be physical tapes. <laughs> like, yeah, did they have a camera crew recording the interviews? Yeah. Like, <laughs> truly, yeah, that was all thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, they had a, they had a boom man and a guy <laughs> with like a, a a camera on one of those like wheelie things that so it stays steady when you move it, and like and like a professional light. And some of these are like upward, are, are like close to twenty-year-old interviews and stuff yeah, like that. Which is, it's also really weird that they're like. Here's America Ferreira dressed up to look like she's a teenager, even though she's in her mid-30s. And then people are like, damn, you were hot. And then they're like, she's 17 in that. But it's weird because she's yeah, she, 35. I, it, and and <laughs> somehow no, Cheyenne looks younger in this season than she did in the first season. I don't really understand. Like Sometimes that happens pregnant. when people know. make terrible hair choices. Yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, Glenn's like, I recorded you guys all doing interviews, and I'm going to show you now. <laughs> that's just you That's you modulating your Ray Romano impression, and it definitely yeah. works for this. But it's still the same voice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's very good. You should use that the next time we need a D&D character to have a voice. You should just hit us with that one. So uh, another then thing. Glenn, that, oh, you're probably about to say the Glenn's subplot throughout this episode. Well, actually, I was going to start on some of the earlier stuff because the major thing is Amy comes back and learned that Jonah and his brief girlfriend have broken up. And she's just like, wait a minute. You're saying there's a chance. Um, and the show uses the 
character reacts some an off-screen character reacts to something like three times in this episode. It works the uh, first time. I thought it was pretty he, good. No, I I mean I think it worked two of uh, like two times I actually enjoyed You're where like, duh. Yeah. Uh well yeah, the um you know the uh, did you guys yeah, the, did you guys think I made a mistake turning down Jonah and then an off-screen character like throw something on the ground. The fucking mop, yeah. Yeah, and uh that was good and then the um Cause she then was just like, oh, you know, what's up with your life? Hey, Jonah, how's it going? How are things with Hannah? And she's like, oh, actually, we broke up. And she's like, I, oh my God, I didn't know that at all. I wouldn't have said that. And then, you know, Dina says, wait, I told you that ten minutes ago. As the camera then pans to that person, um, and I actually felt that this had energy from both you, uh, Stephen and Travis. The character's response because the oh, Travis, no, this was good. The yeah. Travis energy is the I told you that ten minutes ago. <laughs> and the no, Steven you, energy. No, you didn't. Yeah, and then the Steven energy is the ridiculous lie. Yes, the, I'm racist. Oh, you're right. I got it confused because I'm, I'm a big racist. Oh, I'm gonna work on that. And then you like leave. That is the you energy. Is the like ah, that's a terrible reason why. Yes, it must have been a different Latina woman, and I can't tell you apart. Hmm. Uh, Either Ian or I, the reaction? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's the full interaction. And yeah, that's like all of the, the conflict here. Yeah, she at some point turned down his proposal, uh, which like, damn. Damn, dude. Because gotta, she wanted to focus on her career because she's a strong, independent woman. Yeah. She's a loose cannon cop who doesn't play by the rules. She's a loose cannon floor manager turned executive. Turning who your doesn't badge and play, gun. <laughs> who doesn't play by our gender stereotypes of small town America. Um, Ferreira. We, we learn, I mean, we as the hosts of this podcast learn that um, the other new employee from the pilot is an undocumented immigrant, which is, you know, like why he's like, I guess, was Needs so to driven be, yeah. to stay employed. Uh, we probably learned that. I would say three episodes into the first season, but now we learn it in the finale, and are like, "Oh, okay, so that's what the that's what they were going for with this guy." They could have done that so much better. Yeah, he was yeah, so they, obnoxious. They could have so <laughs> obnoxious. <laughs> I was I was gonna joke like, yeah, they could have waited to they could have revealed that any time before the finale. <laughs> yeah, they could have. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why did they wait this long? It's so. I mean, I guess they, they, they really the character, didn't want to get other characters that knew it. But the show so didn't tell us. It's so weird. So uh, I do love that the finale, uh, since it's a finale, we know that they're getting back together. There's no, you know, doubt at all. Uh, but they have to drag it out a little bit. Cause he's, yeah, of course they're going to get back together. Yeah, but it's the thing where it's like, there's like 15 minutes and, he, and she's like, hey, listen. You know, I've been thinking, he's like, listen, I'm not just something you can just... Wait, their masks are off at this point, by the way, for no I'm, reason. Still in the I'm, store. I'm not something you can conveniently just pick up, you know, when it's, you know, in your life. Like, I'm a person, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out what you want or whatever he's just back. And you're just like, yeah, she's gonna figure that out in the next 12 minutes. Come on, yep. dude. No, you're in yep. a show. Yeah, it's fine. We all, we all want every show to be Deadpool, obviously. Yeah. Well, I want. Th uh, yeah, I want every character to know that they're in a uh, a show or a movie. I'm glad Bo's still around. I'm glad they seem to they seem to be happy. That made I'm, me happy. I, I don't need to see him the, out of the show. I'm glad he says the line. Come on, man. Think. Use them glasses. 
Um, that was pretty funny. He has another. He has another bit where he like has a like tries to inform someone that he has good politics, but I forget what it is. Um, like that he latches on to like a current social justice movement. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, they're they're gonna buy. Um, he and Cheyenne are gonna buy a bunch of washer and dryers and sell them, or they're gonna make a laundromat. Um, also, kudos to those two crazy kids for staying together. Yeah, making it work. Good for them. You know, we see some of the other. We see some of the people who've joined the staff, or we're always working there, but we're not in the pilot. Uh, such as the woman with the comically bleak life that everyone outright addresses as being uh, having a comically bleak life, which is a character arc, a character type that has not ever worked uh, on yep. me uh, yep. because I always think of Meg from Family Guy, where there's uh, no her all the time. Yeah, uh. where it's just here's here's the whole bit. This person has. Uh, the, be- life. the best example is Moses Lack. You're right. That one does work. Who's Moses Lack? <laughs> Mo from The Simpsons. <laughs> You're uh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you think of the the iconic photo of him with his head in the oven and a sign in his back that says "No funeral." I mean, <laughs> it, works. it works with Mo because of how far they take it. Yeah. <laughs> or I do like the reverse of it, which is like Jerry in Parks and Rec, where it's like everyone is cruel to him all the time, but he has an amazing life. Oh, that 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 bit does work. Like he's yeah. the hottest <laughs> wife, and he's very very happy. He has beautiful children. The yeah. fact that they are like the in the finale, they are canonically ageless because they're at his funeral and they look exactly the same as they did when they were appearing earlier. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. We make a lot stuff. of references to a better wholesome sitcom with um, also bad politics. Probably worse politics. Honestly. I'd say so. Oh, I'd yeah. say so. <laughs> Truly. Repellent. Um, Almost assuredly. A guy drops a foot off in the uh, on one of the shelves. Just, mm. There's a severed human foot at one point. So that was cool. I missed that, honestly. Dina. I wanted to say Dinah uh, uh, now. But Dina is uh, joining the Amazon stand-in and only gets... Uh, she can only bring over five employees. Uh, I assumed the whole time that it was going to be five of the main cast members. But I apparently was wrong on that one because... At the end, five names are chosen, and they weren't any of the ones that I immediately recognized. No, it was some woman who sort of forced her way into being assistant manager, and then some other people. And yeah, fine, I suppose. Everyone yeah. else goes on to do some that. Mateo, who's the tryhard, works for Glenn, who is. I do like Glenn's character arc of he actually never wants to not work because he doesn't have any hobbies. Um, which is a He's, real person. That's a yeah. guy. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely that's a guy. Certainly a guy, especially <laughs> a very religious guy. Um, yeah. And so he opens up the the carpentry store that his dad had, basically, um, and, and hires undocumented Mateo at it. Probably has to be like, yeah, I know I voted for Trump, but I'm hiring you anyway. Uh. He's definitely th- or he yeah he threatens at one point to get into 500 piece puzzles. And then thousand piece puzzles, and then storms off. I bet another thing the show does that I'm thinking of now because of Parks and Rec. I bet he, I bet he probably has a really hot daughter. Is a is a thing that happens in this show. Could be. This is just a new thing I'm going to start doing in this. Is bet on things that probably happened. Uh, and then at the end, I don't know how to fulfill these, but uh, that feels like, yeah, like in the same Jerry, in the same way as Jerry, where they reveal that, I bet that that's a yeah. thing with his character. Um, and they do the classic, like, oh, it's not revealed till the end of the episode that that's Glenn's daughter. 
after somebody's already like you know agreed to a date with this person and then they're like what yeah their eyes pop out of their head they turn into a cartoon wolf I mean, is there anything else to talk about other than like them getting back together? Nick and I get back together. Yeah, make out. They make out in the store during the pandemic. The kiss fully is Uh, so fucking loud. It's so loud, you guys. Could amp it up. Just want it louder. Just give me some smacking. Give me, give me a clone high make out noise. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, um, as I said, I wanted to just pour. uh, I wanted to just uh, you know dive into a pool of gravy. And let my body slowly come up to a temperature. You know, that's that's where I'm at right now. So, um, for the I want these two characters to kiss feelings that I had in the finale, and then when they did it in the or in the in the, the pilot, and then when they did it in the finale, in a way I love, which is I love a rom com inter- interrupted kiss. Yeah, I love the like one character's you know like saying all of the stuff, and it's I'm, especially when it's like listen, I know that like I don't really deserve that other chance but i'm gonna work until i can do and then the other one just immediately is like no i mean those feelings never went away like boom love it every time always great you're gonna say i love the rom-com interrupted kiss because the fucking laxative lady comes back up to ask about no 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 no, tampons or something i know what you mean yeah but that's a callback that basically happened thank god they did it too because that was i mean that was a classic lady yeah because i i i uh I wouldn't be surprised if she recurs like throughout like once a season or something. I mean, she is iconic. Like, She's their equivalent of the cabbage guy. I was about to say my cabbages. I was literally, <laughs> it was in my brain. <laughs> so the other thing, the other major thing I thought that happens after they kiss is the guy in a wheelchair gives a whole speech about how working in retail is actually beautiful. And at this point, it felt like I was watching a f- fictional show that took place in the sorry to bother you universe <laughs> no i mean yeah it was okay he, he wasn't just saying working in retail he he was saying across all jobs uh and he was like having come camar- having camaraderie with your co-workers is, yeah i think ultimately the thing which is yeah. important if you uh believe in a strong labor force for, yeah like that's movement. what he's getting at you know because he does explicitly say uh, 99% of the time, this sucked. But we had some good times with the people we worked with. And that does hit different during the pandemic uh, a bit. Where I'm like, I don't really care about my coworkers that much, but I miss being able to, like, have a conversation with them. Yeah. Or do something. I talked to uh, one person yeah, at work. Yeah, I talked to them on Microsoft I talked to Teams. one person at work. Uh, yeah, and so. then they, they have a kid, they tuck their kid in, turn off the lights, and the ceiling well, of their kid's room... I, I don't think they. I well, maybe I think they had a kid, because that flash forward is not that far in the future. It seems. Maybe. Sure, they had a kid. Um, but either so, way, they uh, yeah, have just, a kid. No, it just feels like that. You know, like <laughs> seeing this finale or seeing the flash forward. I'm like, because it feels like it's only a few months the way they're talking about everything. Like we're seeing, you know, people start to adjust to their new lives, and it's like, wow, it feels like there was a lot in this main relationship dynamic that is just not mentioned at all. The fact that, for example, that America Ferrer's character has at least a child, if not two, and their names are not said at all during the finale is is pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, if we learned anything from this show, it's 
uh, don't try to make humor out of the pandemic. And if you're going to make a show about something innate to the culture of the place where you're making the show, know something about it before you... That isn't just what everyone knows about it. No, it's not. Uh, it's not know something about it. It's before. It's at the start them. of the episode, you have to show us your just good labor that you politics. treat it with respect. Yeah. Yes. You have to establish um, that immediately is what Matt was saying. Honestly, that was what he was saying. I mean, yeah, yeah but, the, I'm, like, but I'm trying to say what point, I'm yeah. saying. Co- comedy, comedy should be cathartic for somebody. And, and I'm sure someone gets catharsis out of this show, but I sure didn't. Don't watch this. Just watch an ad before a YouTube video. It's about the same tone. <laughs> it's <Jesus>. shorter. <laughs> it's a bad show. It's very, it's very bad. It's very bad. This was, I, I hate to say it, I now have a new reference point for the worst show that we've watched. So I'm no longer going to say six feet under whenever I'm talking about the bottom of the barrel. Uh, this show, this show, Californication wasn't a pure comedy. So it's this show, so, Californication is so much worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's a worse show, but this show offended me more because yeah. I'm very passionate about comedy. Um, and this show came close to succeeding and just, just fell on its face every time it climbed a ladder. Um, and would have been uh, funnier if they just had that happening, like somebody climbing a ladder and then falling on their face. <laughs> <laughs> would have been a good show. Well, especially if he I knocked over some soup some cans, <laughs> or potentially falls on some fruit and squashes it. Someone slips on a banana peel, um, <laughs> and knocks over knocks over some. Also, Fanta. you know what would be really good is if the person who was working, like the, our perspective character, who was working at the store, like didn't really talk. You know, he just kind of like made weird noises with his mouth, and that was all that he did as he like walked around and experienced all of these. Maybe like, like accidentally hijinks. got like elected president, just like bumbling around. <laughs> and there's and just so was, many. Like, there's so many sound effects like. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not actually a truck. It's just like you know, it's a mood. Yeah. So what we're saying is, let us remake Superstore, but Mr. Bean's the lead. <laughs> whoever, yeah. whoever, whoever made that sound effect for when Bobby Boucher pokes that one guy in the eye, <laughs> get that, yeah. get that guy in here. Uh, my opinion on the show is that, like I said, mediocre, uh, pretty tough judge sitcom on bookends. Uh, yeah. I would probably give this a couple episodes if I felt like I needed some mashed potatoes in my brain. Yeah. Um, but I'll give you guys, I'll give Matt and Steven a freebie to use uh, if they want to at any point. Uh, if someone asks about the show, then they can go uh, more like pooper bore. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Great low stakes. This just isn't the kind of brain mashed potatoes that I like. I like when I want to watch brain mashed your potatoes. Your brain mashed potatoes are like, there's so much seasoning in them. There's yeah. like... It's it's this, Riverdale. This it's Vampire Diaries. They're gourmet I, mashed potatoes. Yeah, listen, I want I want gentle. I want I want no resistance. Matt wants a, I want Matt it, wants loaded mashed potatoes. Yeah, I want it. <laughs> I, I want it so much like mashed potatoes that like I want it to be like when I put my hand into the thing, it just keeps going, and then when I take my hand out, that imprint stays. Oh, so it's a so it's like a memory foam mattress. It's the most it's the most beaten down memory phone mattress. That's what I wanted right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I respect the pick. I'm not like mad that I watched it, but yeah. oh my god. There's all sorts of, of class and labor politics that 
are thorny when taken in only, you know, the like 20 minutes chunks that we get on this. Um, and we, we skip over a bunch of it. And I imagine that it's both good and bad. I mean, one character unironically uses woke in this I episode. I said ban the word woke. That was like one of my early notes. <laughs> it feels like it's definitely, it's another one of those things where I'm like, that is definitely consistent with what that character seems to be would unironically use the word woke and not even in like a, you know, like the woke mobs on Twitter sort of way would just say yeah. it. Is uh, that guy still- woke? I don't even I, remember that happening. He doesn't seem yeah. to brand himself that way at but any point a, that we but saw. But that's another thing to uh, instantly date the show as much yes. as the pandemic does. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, where it's where all of those things where you're just like, ah, oh, I just, oh, boy. But um, when it's when you, when you view it like I did, where you're just like, boy, I just want to see something where a boy and a girl meet and then date and then maybe get married. Watch a movie. They don't, we've been over this. They don't make rom-coms anymore, Stephen. Yeah, they don't. Um, they make like one a year. But have you seen all the rom-coms? Like, there's got to be some. I've seen so many of the ones that interest me. It's mm. the thing I'm yeah. running. Have you seen, have yeah. you seen Chocolat, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a romance. Uh, that's, um, mm, mm. yep, with, uh, le- yeah, I'd love to watch Johnny Depp romance uh, romances right now. Yeah. Produced by Harvey Weinstein. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he got the movie nominated for Best Picture. Chocolat hmm. wow. had a Best Picture nom. Wow. Yeah, because right. that's, that's an off mic discussion. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta uh, do the segue. We gotta do the next week preview. Matt. Yes. What's next week's episode? Next week we're watching USA's classic television show <laughs> Burn Notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who here knows the least about Burn Notice? I don't know shit about Burn me. Notice. I don't know <laughs> like, anything. I don't know anything about Burn Notice, but I USA, the USA originals are even right. more anonymous than TNT originals. I, uh, listen, I'm going to say start, and whoever wants to go, go. And I'm going to let three, Travis go. Two, one, go. Well, it's different than White Collar and Suits, which are two other shows I don't know anything about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe the Burn Notice is like people that were like. Like a government asset of some, or like a witness of some kind, are getting burned, hmm. and presumably notified. Um, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> truly know nothing else about this. Show. Hey, people's dads watched it. We used to make fun of a friend of ours for watching it. <laughs> it has Bruce Campbell. It's about okay. spies. I think that's all I know. <laughs> it's gonna uh, be sick. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, so you can you can tune in next week to hear us talk about Burn Notice. In the meantime, you can rate and review and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And you can say, what a great job we're doing. Five stars only, though. I don't want to see anything below that, you goddamn scrubs. We get fired uh, at a push of a button if we get anything listen, less than five stars from a single yeah, writer. My, my, my uh, uh, corporate's controlling the, you know, the air conditioning in my building, and if I don't... If I don't get a five-star podcast uh, review, they're going to drop it down to 58 degrees and I'm going to freeze to death. So please, save me. Um, Thanks, as always, to our producer, Matt Isiani. And, Stephen, bring us home. Ugh, love Applebee's. (laughs) 